This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Do you remember when you were a kid uh, waking up in the middle of the night with your leg aching in excruciating pain? Did this happen to you? Um, I, we, we commonly call this growing pains, but you know, like um, medically, it's never been proven that it's actually because you're growing. It might just be because you had like a, an active day as a kid. But have you had this experience where you wake up you know, and it's just like out of nowhere, your leg is aching, your leg is cramping. My mom was the absolute best because when I was a kid, um, it was like in no time. She was right there with rubbing alcohol, you know, on my leg. And some of you are like, that's what's wrong with you, you know? Like, that's the problem with you, Pastor. Um, no, she was the best. You know, she'd be right there rubbing alcohol on what, you know, whatever was aching, whether it was my calf or my thigh. But we commonly call these things growing pains. And sometimes it happens to three and four-year-olds. Sometimes it happens to 10 and 11-year-olds. But there it is just out of nowhere, that aching pain, growing, growing pains. You know, growth when you're a kid is really important. It's so important that when somebody breaks their bones, everybody's like, oh, I hope it wasn't a growth plate. Have you heard that? Maybe you've said that, you know, somebody breaks a bone. Oh, I hope it wasn't a growth plate. Because if you break a bone on a growth plate, it can totally hinder the way your bone grows, right? So if you break a bone on a growth plate on your leg, it'll stifle how you grow, and then you won't walk as, like, God designed our bodies to walk, right? Like a smooth, nice walk. But, like, a break on a growth plate might cause you to, you know, one of your legs would actually be shorter than the others because it stifles growth. Since our church started almost four years ago, we've experienced some really great uh, growth. It's, it's amazing. About a year ago, uh, we sent out a survey to our church. Now, because we were experiencing this growth, we sent out a survey because we needed to create more space. Um, it's not really debated. Like, once a room hits a particular capacity, it's, it, you, 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 can't grow any, you can't grow anymore. I mean, so uh, we, you and I, we have neighbors and we have coworkers and we have family members that need the hope of Jesus. Amen. And we want them to encounter the presence of Jesus in this place. So we've always been committed to making room for anybody that wanted to gather for worship, to gather for worship and hear the gospel and encounter the presence of Jesus. So we sent out a survey and you, the church was amazing. So many people responded and gave us really helpful information. And by and large, everybody was like, let's do whatever we need to do to create more space for more people to encounter the presence of Jesus. But it was, there was just something that held us back. We just couldn't get a green light from the Lord at the time to go to a third service. There were lots of factors. We didn't want to uh, overtax our volunteers. Uh, we were still looking for staff that would uh, lead that process. And we just sensed it wasn't the right time to go to a third service. And just a few months ago, uh, the, the owners of this facility that rent this facility to us reached out to us. And they said, hey, we're repurposing the room you, um, you meet in. And we were like, oh, no. And they were like, well, don't worry. Um, we're actually going to put you in a larger room. And we're like, really? And uh, it's, it's just amazing because for us, it's like not growing pains. It's like growing privileges. And for whatever reason, it's like the Lord knew what was going to happen a year, a year later 
that we wouldn't have to go to a third service and overtax our volunteers and figure out all the crazy logistics, but the Lord was going to provide a larger space in the same location that we were going to gather here. And so uh, most likely in the month of September, we'll be moving our worship gathering out of this room uh, into Acme Athletics. It's so amazing, you guys, because the people that own this building, um, they said, hey, we're, gonna, we're actually going to create a, a doorway for you guys to be able to look. We're going to create a storage closet that doesn't yet exist. And it's like, it, it feels like they're rolling out the red carpet for us to be able to move into a larger space. And glory to God, the Lord is with us. Amen. Um, so it's just, it's just so cool. Now, we don't control the timetable. They're working on things. And so whenever it's ready... We'll make that move. But can I just tell you this, the past two weeks, um, and really over the last month and a half, Pastor Team and our team uh, have been working really, really hard to order everything necessary to make the plan for where are we going to store stuff and when, when are we going to set things up and when are we going to roll things out. Um, and just in the last two weeks, they've actually hung speakers. So I don't know if you noticed or not, but this is a loner. I think it belongs to Mike Bryant, one of our uh, worship uh, leaders. So thank you, Mike, for loaning us your speakers. Our normal speakers over the last two weeks have been hung in Acme Athletics. So this is pretty cool. We're actually able to install the speakers so that they're not going to have to be set up every Sunday. How cool is that, right? Um, and so we're experiencing some growing pains as a church, yes, um, but I like to call them growing privileges because what a privilege to be entrusted with what God is, is doing. But this morning, I want to talk about not just, um, not just uh, numerical growth, but spiritual growth. Um, from the start as a church, we've been committed not only, not only to reaching as many people for Jesus as we could reach, but seeing their lives flourish, um, seeing them grow in the likeness of Jesus, and to experience a spiritual depth that they didn't know um, personally. And we, all, we all really need this growth, don't we? Yeah, here's what I've observed, and, and, and maybe you can resonate with this. Um, over the years, I've observed that um, Christian people are often um, overfed spiritually and under-exercised spiritually. Now, now, we all know what it looks like when someone overeats and under-exercises physically, Right? All right, please don't elbow the person that you're sitting next to. Uh, you might uh, regret that later, right? But we all know what that's like. And I think, as I, just as I've observed over the years, a lot of people have been spiritually fed, but not spiritually activated. So, so we might say it this way, we know more than we live. Right, let me put it to you this way, for, for me... I can paint a picture of where I want to be spiritually. I, I can paint a really pretty picture of, of, of what I ought to be doing. I can paint a really, I, I know where I want to be, I know where I ought to be, and yet I, I fall short of being there. I, I think most of us can relate to that, can't we? If we, just, if we just went around the room this morning, you would say, yeah, I really ought to be doing this and I really want to be, I really want to be this kind of woman. I really want to be this kind of man. I, I really want to be this kind of teenager. And in all, many of us, we have a, a picture in our mind of, of where we want to be spiritually. We want to be at a deeper place spiritually. Not just knowing more, but living more. Not just eating more spiritual meat, but engaging in more spiritual exercise. We want to 
We want our, our living to match our knowing. We want our exercise to match our, 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 our feeding and, and feasting. And so this morning, um, we're going to allow Jesus to teach us a little bit. We're going to see what God has to say about how we can grow, how we can deepen uh, our relationship with the Lord. I'm, I'm titling the sermon this morning, Growing Pains and Privileges Deep and Wide. So I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Many of you know we've been going through the book of Luke. Uh, a friend of ours actually preached on this text when I was in the hospital, Ben Atkinson. A uh, friend who pastors a, who's a pastor of a church down the road, he preached from this text. So I didn't get to preach on this text when we were, um, I, was, I, was, I was in the hospital. So here we go, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. And here's, here's my hope uh, for this sermon series. My hope is that we might take one step closer to becoming that person that we know we want and ought to be. Can we think about that as a church? Uh, can we aspire to that in this sermon series as a church of like, we see this picture of where we want to be. We don't want to be overfed and underactivated. So, so my prayer and hope is that we together as a church can take one step closer to being the kind of person that we really want to be. Um, what we're going to look at in this text in Luke chapter 11, it, it is one of the most um, simple yet stunning verses in all of scripture for me. And I can't wait for you to see it. So Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and following. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Would you pray with me? Let's just ask for the Lord's help as we dig into the sacred scriptures together. Father, we pray in Jesus' name and by your spirit, would you speak to us, O God? Soften our hearts. Give us spiritual ears to hear. Give us hearts that want to walk in obedience. Lord, be gracious to us, your church. We, your children, are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, this text, you saw it right out of the gate. It's famously known as the Lord's Prayer. We often call it the model prayer. But there's one little phrase that gets me every time that I want you to see. And it's uh, right there in verse 1. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Look at it with me, maybe even say it out loud, Lord, teach us to pray. Would you say that out loud with me just for a moment? Lord, teach us to pray. Now here's what blows me away about that little phrase. These disciples, they've already seen Jesus raise two people from the dead. When you read through the Gospel of Luke, you see they were there when Jesus literally raised two people from the dead. They've seen Jesus heal several people. They've seen Jesus calm the storm with a word. They've seen Jesus multiply the loaves and fishes. They've observed all this. And you would think, I would think, that they'd be like, Jesus, teach me how to make those fish multiply. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Jesus, would you teach me how to make the wind stop like you did? I mean, like, that's what I would pray, right? Like, 
Jesus, would you teach me how to raise the dead? But that's not what they that's not what they say. And what's interesting, you know, is the disciples were slow learners. Can anybody relate? The disciples, like, it was like they caught a little bit and they missed a lot, right? You know, and they were just slowly getting it. But here they got it. Here they got it. And they observed something about Jesus' prayer life that made them say, Jesus, teach us. Teach us to pray. Look back at it in verse 1 with me. Look at this. Now, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. So what was going on there in that moment? They, like they were either with him or observing, you know, maybe they were like pointing at him. Look at, look at that. Did you hear that? Did you hear what he said? You know, like, like, I don't know what all was going on in that moment, but Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he got done, they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Like, like, John, like John taught his disciple, teach us to pray. So there was something. Maybe it was, maybe it was the intimate nature that Jesus enjoyed with the Father. Maybe there was something about Jesus speaking to the Father that sounded like they were friends, that sounded like they were close, that sounded like they'd been talking all morning, that the disciples heard, and they're like, man, I want that kind of closeness with the Father. Jesus, teach us, teach us to pray. And so it's my hope that that through this sermon series, we're just inviting Jesus to teach us as a church to pray. Would you just pray that in your heart even this morning, Jesus, would you teach us? Would you teach us to pray? I'm always encouraged by that, and I tell people that all the time. You know, I, as a pastor, I hear people say, like, all the excuses as to why they don't want to pray, right? You know, I don't have the right words, or I'm not comfortable praying out loud. I'm like, you know what? The disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. It's like, doesn't that make you just feel better? You know, it's like, like even the disciples who walked with him and watched him, and they were there at all these big events, they didn't, they didn't feel like they were awesome prayers. They didn't feel like they had it down. They, they didn't feel like they were ready to go teach others how to pray. They, they felt like they needed to be taught how to pray. Jesus' first disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. So will you, would you be willing this sermon series just to say, Jesus, would you teach me to pray? Lord, would, Lord Jesus, would you teach our, our church to pray? Um, I want to give you an acronym, and I've given it to the church before, and I got such great feedback, but it, but I only gave it as like one little practical application. So I want to give it to, to you this morning. Uh, and, then, and then through this whole sermon series, I just want us to unpack this. But this acronym actually comes out of the scripture. Before we get to the acronym, let's look at the text together. Look at verse 2. And, and he said to them, when you pray, say this. Isn't that great? How many of you have ever like paused? Like, like you've been asked to pray and you're like, oh no, I don't know what to say. <laughs> have you ever been there? Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I don't I just got put on the spot. I don't, I don't, know, what to, I don't know what to say. Or, or, or maybe like you were asked to pray at a banquet and you had like two weeks to prepare the prayer. And you're like, I don't, I, I, don't know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Or maybe you just woke up Wednesday morning and you read your Bible. And you're like, God, I just feel like I'm saying the same thing to you every single day. I don't know what to say. Well, Jesus comes to our rescue and he's like, say this. <laughs> check this out Jesus is totally stupid proofing prayer right here you see that right he's like I'm gonna tell you what to say thank you Lord never again will any of us be in the moment where we're like I don't know what to say no Jesus said when you pray say this now I don't think Jesus is saying say exactly what I'm saying just like I'm saying it he's given us a pattern He's given us a pattern. Let's look at the pattern together. When you pray, say, Father. Like, we could preach a whole sermon series on that one word, couldn't we? 
father. Why? Because so many of us had strained, unhealthy relationships with our father. For so many of us, because of the, our relationship with our, our earthly father, it's difficult to relate to God as a heavenly father. But friends, listen. God is our perfect father. And the very, the very reason that we know that our human relationships with our father wasn't perfect is because there is a perfect relationship with our heavenly father. So whatever baggage you bring into your relationship with God, just know God can handle it and God wants to be your perfect, unfailing heavenly father. He knows all of our needs. He knows whether we need a, a harsh rebuke or whether we need a, a gentle encouragement. That's who our Father is. He knows our needs before they're, on our, before they're on our tongue, and He's ready to meet them before we even know what they are. He's our Father. Listen, we can talk for a whole year on the concept of Father. The enemy is real, and the enemy tries to make us think that we're an orphan. Oh, no, no, no. We are an adopted son and daughter of God. Everything that belongs to him belongs to us. That whole word, father, it's like pregnant with incredible meaning. Fa father. That's the first place to start is relating to God as father. And not a father that you're, like, you're terrified to be in his presence. You're terrified that you're not going to measure up. You're not going to be enough. You're not going to, you know. No, no. A father that you want to come and run and jump in his lap and adore him. Listen, some of us didn't have a, a, an earthly father like that. But if you'll trust in Jesus and if you'll follow Jesus, God, your heavenly Father, will be your unfailing, never-leaving, perfect, gentle, wise, heavenly Father. That's how we start our prayers. Father. Father. But that's just the start. Look at what's next. Hallowed be your name. What in the world does that mean? I mean, like, who said hallowed last week? Anybody? <laughs> hallowed be this meal, you know? I mean, I've had some hallowed meals, but not many. Do you know what I mean? What does it mean, hallowed? It means, Father, your name is, is holy. It is separate. It is other. It is special. Like, we struggle to have the right words to describe how awesome and holy you are, God. You're the unrivaled God. You are the unique God. You're the God that never had a beginning, will never have an end, the infinite God that exists outside the realm of time and space. Lord, that's who you are. Father... Hallowed be your name. What's going on there? Well, Jesus is teaching us to adore God. He's teaching us to fix our eyes upon the person of God. And not to just roll into prayer thanking God for what he's done for us, but to be still, to fix our eyes upon the infinite holy God, and to declare back to God with adoration in our heart who God is. Who God is. So in the acronym A, you're going to see the A come up on the screen. It's adoration. So this is the first thing when we pray is to adore God. Do you, know, do you know why we often run out of things to pray and we don't know what to pray? It's because we don't know God as intimately as we ought to know him. Because when we get to know God personally, we take hold of endless adoration that we can adore him in. He's the infinite God. His love is unfailing. His majesty is unspeakably majestic right so this is adoration our father in heaven hallowed be your name and so jesus is saying start your prayer like that start your prayer adoring god start your prayer not thanking god for what he's done but adoring him for who he is lord i love you because you are strong father i adore you because you are wise 
Lord, I think you were amazing because you are a creator, right? That's adoration. That's adoration. We'll unpack in this sermon series what it means to adore God and how to adore God and how you can fuel and undergird your adoration of God. But Jesus says, when you pray, start like that. Adore God. It, uh, I love teaching people in a small group setting how to pray like this. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And it's very much like, like when I get in a small setting, it's very much like a lab um, because I'm like, okay, we're going to practice praying. And you know what happens all the time? You know what happens all the time? Um, people will try to adore God, but they start thanking him for, the, for what he's done for them, which is great. Like the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, right? Like, so it's great to thank the Lord. But God doesn't just want like this, um, this relationship with us where it's just kind of always like this um, giving and receiving. But he wants this relationship with us where it's knowing and enjoying. Listen, church, that's why our mission is delighting in God and discipling others. We don't, want, we don't want to just receive things from God and thank him for them. We want to enjoy God. We want to know him. And then we want to praise and adore him for who he is. So it's always funny, because I, so I'll stop people. I'll interrupt them like when we're practicing. And I'll be like, ah, what, what did you just say? And I'm not wanting people to be like, like overly conscious of, I said the wrong thing. No, like, I just want to equip and empower people to adore God. It's, it's just about letting Jesus teach us on how to pray, adoring him. And in, in this sermon series, you're going to see how this is dynamite, how starting your prayer like this, it's just like kerosene for the soul. It lights us on fire. It strengthens our faith so that when we come to that place where we're asking God for things, we have more faith as we're asking him for things because we've spent a couple of minutes declaring to him who he is and adoring him in that moment. So adoration. What's, what's the, let's look at the rest of the, the prayer. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. So here he, in one sense, he's continuing to adore him, but he's already here now asking for something. What does he mean, your kingdom come? Well, he's saying, Lord, your kingdom, your rule, come in my life. Lord, would you squash the selfishness in my heart and put a, a servant's heart? Lord, let your, let your kingdom come in my, my family. Lord, Lord, would you just bring harmony where there's dissension, Lord? Let your kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom come in our country. Lord, would you allow there to be righteous laws put in place. Lord, would you let our, so you pray that, that Jesus' rule and reign would come. That's asking him for something, right? Let's read on. Give us this day our daily bread. That's asking him for what we need here, okay? So you're asking the Lord for what you need. It's not wrong to ask the Lord for what you need. It's biblical. Jesus says, when you pray, ask the Lord for what you need. You know why we don't? Because we don't know him as father. That's why he says start as father. Listen, if you don't think God is your father, then you don't think he's ready and waiting and glad to give you what you need. You come to him with your heart like shriveled up, no faith. Lord, it's not too much trouble. I know, I've disappointed you all week. If there's, if there's a little leftover, would you give me? You know how easy it is for a kid to ask their parents for stuff? <laughs> I'm serious. I, 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 heard one, I heard one pastor say, I try, and I don't know that I, you guys can tell me if I do good at this or not. He says, I try every single time that I can that my kids ask me for something to say yes, if I can. I don't want to say yes and spoil them. But, it, but I try to say yes 
every single time I can because I want them to know the heart of our Heavenly Father. And if I can somehow be this generous, benevolent, loving, open-handed, dad's probably going to say yes, then I'm teaching them something true about who our Heavenly Father is. So you know why we're sometimes timid to ask God for things? It's because we don't see him as a father. We see him as something else, not a dad, not a dad. So so we adore God, and then we ask God for things, and then look at verse 4, and forgive us our sins. We confess our sins to the Lord. We confess our sins to the Lord. You know why some of, your, some of our, our relationships with God are stale or they feel stagnant or we, maybe you feel like you pray and there's like a lid? It's because confession of sin is not a regular part of our prayer. When I, when I, when I was in college, I was seeking the Lord, meeting with him every single day. I told Emma Binkley, one of our interns this morning, uh, who's about to start college this fall, I said, you know, I grew more in my first semester in college in my relationship with God than I ever have in my life before or after. Because I was out of everything that was comfortable, and I was in this place where I was like so desperately dependent upon the Lord. I felt my need to meet with the Lord. And I just lost my train of thought. There it is. I'm meeting with him, I'm seeking him, and I feel like there's like a lid on my prayers. Like ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. And then it occurred to me, I've not confessed sin in two months. Like specific sin. And I was like, whoa, Lord, thank you for opening my eyes. I begin to confess sin, and it's like the floodgates of God's presence in my life just opens up. Go figure. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Lord, forgive me my sins. Right? Confess your sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. So there's this focus on our sin, confessing it, and forgiving. I want you real quickly to turn over to Philippians with me. Philippians chapter 4. As we think about prayer, I want to look at one other verse in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Would you turn over in your Bible? And once you have it, just raise your Bible up. If you're working off of a phone app this morning, find it on your phone app. Hold it up. I just want to make sure you're there. Uh, go ahead. Hold it up. Keep it up. Come on, people of God. All right. Get a little physical workout as you get a spiritual workout this morning. All right. Change arms, right? Like switch arms, right? You know, get a little workout. Come on now. Hey, listen, God's word is so much more important than what I'm going to say about it. I need you in God's word this morning. Open it up. Philippians 4. Find your place there. Anybody getting tired? You're like, no, we're just not keeping our, uh, you know, we're just not doing what you said, Pastor. We're just, we held it up. Okay. All right. We're... Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Philippians 4. Are you there? If you're there, say we're there. If you need a minute, say minute. Come on, Gracie. Come on. Come on. Thank you. We got you. Take your time. Philippians, go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, some of you are like, Pastor, thank you. That just changed my life right there. There you go. All right. Philippians 4. Gracie? All right. Look, look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Thanks, Lord. That's easy. How do we do that? That's right. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Would you say supplication? 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There's two little aspects here that Paul instructs the church at Philippi that when they pray, include this. Don't be anxious, pray in everything with supplication and thanksgiving. Supplication is praying urgently for a need to be met. That's supplication. Thanksgiving, you know what it is. Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Lord, thank you for my family. Lord, thank you for the rain today. Lord, thank you for my health. Lord, thank you for your, your mercy. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit in my life, right? You see it? Okay, so here's the acronym that we're working with. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. That's the only weird word that we don't really like know and understand, but I just told you what it was, right? An urgent prayer when you need something. And Jesus says, when you pray, do it something like this. Adore God. Lord, you are amazing. And when we adore God in his presence, we quickly realize we are not amazing. Have you had that experience? So we confess our sins. Lord, I failed you in what I said. Lord, I failed you in what I did. Lord, I failed you in my attitude. Lord, I failed you in what I left undone. Lord, I, Lord, I lost my temper. Lord, I looked at pornography. Lord, Lord I, was, I was totally disrespectful of this person. Forgive me for my sins. What's the next prayer? Thanksgiving. You know why it's, listen, you know why it's so important to pray a prayer of thanksgiving after you pray a prayer of confession? Do you know why it's so important? Because if you confess your sins and you don't immediately thank Jesus for forgiving you of your sins, then you're going to sit, and per perhaps you're going to sit, in this perpetual state of, has he forgiven me? It like, was I sorry enough for my sins? Like, did I confess all of it? Like, did I confess enough? So after we confess our sins, we immediately go to the cross and we say, Lord Jesus, thank you for bearing my sins on the cross. Lord, thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, thank you for pouring out your love and mercy and grace as you died in my place. Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. And then you've got this clean slate. And then, and then you're ready to ask your father for the world. You've adored him. You've confessed your sins. You've thanked him for the cross and for your family and the breath in your lungs and your job. Lord, now I'm reminded of what a great God you are. And I, my heart is filled with faith because I've been reminded that, that he who did not spare his own son, will he not also give us all things? That's what the scripture says about the Lord Jesus. Back in Luke 11. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Church, I just, I, just wanna, I just want to invite us this morning to imagine, just to imagine. We're going to spend about four weeks on this prayer pattern, unpacking it, hopefully equipping you so that you never wake up on a Wednesday morning going, I don't know what to pray. You never ask to pray going, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to say. But the Lord Jesus is teaching us, church. He's teaching us. And I want us to imagine, just for a moment, what would it be like if every one of us began to pray at home, out loud, every day? Some of you are like, Pastor, I, I don't pray out loud. I'm just, I'm just asking you to imagine it. Can, can you imagine what it might be like if you did? Can you imagine what the culture of your home might feel like if you began to pray adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication? Can you just imagine what God might do in your home, in your life, 
And in our church, if every one of us began to pray at home, out loud, every day. If you're a single adult and you live at home, it's like you and the Lord. I get it. Invite a friend in, right? Or just out loud in your home with the Lord. College student in your dorm, what might God do if you prayed out loud at home every day? Son, daughter, dad, mom, would you imagine this morning? Just imagine. I want you to, in your mind's eye, just picture where you might be gathered up as a family. Just picture in your home, where you, in your apartment, where you might be gathered up. Where you might pray. And just imagine what might it look like. And what God might do. We're committed as a church not just to growing numerically, but to growing deep, deep and wide. We're, we're experiencing growing pains, but it's really growing privileges, right? So we, we want to grow deep in our spiritual life. And as I think about what God's been doing, I think about our interns. So I just want to invite our interns up here real quick. We've got, we had four interns this summer. Would you guys real quick, come on up. They're awesome. You can give them a shout out. Absolutely. You guys just stand right here. Just stand right up here. This is Peyton and Riley and Nick and Emma. And you guys, they've been killing it all summer. Um, and uh, Emma, this is your second summer interning with us, right? Nick has been, like, killing it for years. Um, Riley, it's her first summer with us, and it's Peyton's second summer serving with us. And so um, they've just been killing it. Peyton's heading back to college today. Um, how many of you, if you're here this morning and you're heading to college um, this fall and it's, like, back in it. Would you just stand up? We just, we're just we going to pray for you before the morning's up, but if you're heading back to college, we just want to see you, all right? There's others heading to college. I know, come on now. If you're heading to college, just stand up so we can see you. Hey, why are we doing this? Because we're your church, we're your family, and, and we got you, okay? You guys can sit down. Um, um, these guys have just been going for it all summer long, so would you just give it up and tell them how thankful you are for arriving early on Sunday morning? Peyton, you stay up here. You guys go have a seat. As we, as we think about growing deep as a church, I just thought of, I just thought of Peyton. Um, Peyton got saved in our church. How cool is that? It was like um, parking lot. <laughs> I, met, I met Peyton when we were doing like COVID quarantine parking lot church. I walked up to her car. Who's that? <laughs> you know. And Jesus saved her here. We got to know Peyton, and she was heading back to UT Chattanooga. And I said, she just got saved, and we're about to send her to another city. We need to disciple her. Tina, would you stand up just real quick? I asked Tina up church, who didn't know Peyton. I asked Tina, would you? I asked Tina, would you disciple Peyton? She said, yes. Introduced them, and then Tina, from distance, digitally discipled this young woman that she did not know. And she was faithful and willing, and she was teachable and receptive. So she was saved, then she was discipled, and now all summer she's been serving. That's the kind of depth that we want. Not just spiritual knowledge, but spiritual activation. So that's where we're going in this prayer series, is that we want to know God. We want to deepen our spiritual relationship with Him. We don't want to just know about Him, but we want to be activated. We just don't want to eat spiritual meat, but we want to be engaged in spiritual exercise. And I just thought Peyton is such a great example of what we're aiming at in this series of prayer, where we want to grow in our knowledge of God, but we want to be activated in our prayer with God. She's been so activated for the Lord, serving Him. You know, the, the, the phrase that I used earlier, we know more than we live. Well, Peyton is, Peyton's a great example of, of living what we know. 
because she just got busy serving the Lord. As soon as, she, as soon as she got saved and discipled, she's like, I'm going to serve the Lord. It's awesome. Would you guys give it up for Peyton? Love you, Gal. So church, I know that many of you, you don't pray out loud. It's not something you've done. It's not something you're comfortable with. And just this morning, I'm just asking you to imagine it. Just imagine if you were comfortable. Imagine what God might do in your life, in our church, in your home. And so I'm praying that God would raise up many of us to pray out loud at home every day. Would you join me in praying for that this morning? Would you just join me? Father, we adore you. Lord, we confess our sins to you. And we thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us, washing us clean, filling us with your spirit, and promising to one day come and take us home. Lord, we pray this morning for these college students. You'd protect them physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and that they might experience the powerful presence of God in their life daily. You'd give them a hunger for your word. You would give them good Christian friends. You'd protect them from the enemy, Lord. Keep them safe. And may they grow deep in their relationship with you this semester. And Lord, we pray for our church now. Father, we don't want to just... We don't, we, we don't want to be a weak, powerless church. We want to be passionate about, about you, about seeking your face. So Spirit of God, use this short sermon series to activate our prayer life. God, would you do it for your glory? We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's sing out to our great God. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.